Hello everyone, I'm Zola Zengit. Welcome to COVID Stuck Abroad, the podcast where I get to chat with South Africans who are living abroad in 2020, when COVID-19 changed the world as we know it. This podcast aims to tell the personal accounts of guests featured and does not claim to offer verified facts. To get verified information about COVID-19 and related information, please refer to the official World Health Organization website, as well as the official South African government website. Please see the show notes for links. It must also be stated that COVID stuck abroad will not tolerate xenophobic sentiments. Listeners should recognize that the personal experiences of one individual cannot be viewed as a representation of an entire nation, ethnicity, or culture. Okay, now let's get to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to COVID Stuck Abroad. Today, I'm joined by Tina Shu, an ESL teacher and journalist who moved to Jeonju, South Korea in February 2019 and has been living there for over two years teaching English at a public school. Hi, Tina. Hi, Zola. Thanks for having me. Thank you for agreeing to join me. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> okay, you're like my first guest. Yeah. So I'm really nervous. <laughs> Don't be. I'm sure it's going to be interesting to just talk about, you know, COVID-related things. Yeah. Okay, so just to get into it, mm-hmm. um, maybe you can tell us how did you end up living in South Korea how did you become an ESL teacher and why did you make the decision to even do that? Yeah, so basically I applied to uh, move to Korea in, I think it was 2018, 2018, right? It's a couple <laughs> of days, right? I was doing my master's at that time and I was thinking about Korea for some time. I wanted to do something completely different because I was in media for most of my life and also all the years before that. So yeah, Korea was something just completely out of my comfort zone and doing something that I didn't think I would do for a little bit at least. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been an interesting experience. And So, I mean, okay, so you first arrived sometime in 2018? No, no, no. I applied in 2018. 2019. Yes, 2019, right. In March, yeah, I was part of like the late intake with my program. When is the late intake again? So that would be... Uh, March, end of March, because they have like a February intake and then they have like an August. So I actually arrived a little bit later. I moved back from Cape Town to Newcastle. And like everything happened very fast because there was like a... They let me know like two weeks before I flew. So it Whoa. was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was also fortunate to have known like which city I was going to because most teachers who teach at public schools in Korea, they don't know where they're going to end up until they get to the country, (laughs) you know, yeah. So what was that like? So you arrive in Korea, it's 2019, what is that like? You know, what was the experience like? Um, I mean, it was, I mean, I'm originally from, like, my parents are from Taiwan, so like Mm. I know kind of like uh, the Asian cultures. I mean, they have like kind of similar values or similar ways of doing things. So Mm. it wasn't like too much of a culture shock for me. Um, Okay. Language I'd say was the biggest barrier. I'm not familiar with Korean. So yeah. And I also didn't expect to stay a little bit longer. (laughs) I think we're going to get to that, but you know, COVID (laughs) changed things. (laughs) So 2019 was really 
you know, there were festivals happening. It was, you know, and it's really easy to travel in Korea. You can, this the public transportation yeah. is great. And yeah, it was everything you could expect living in Korea to be for a foreigner. <laughs> so initially yeah. you went there thinking you're going to stay just for like what a year yeah i think uh a year um two years probably a max uh, so yeah so i started <laughs> in 2019 and then, uh 2020 came around and i remember i was planning to visit south africa and i wasn't like 100 set on where i would be in 2020 and i remember in 2020 like in january i was doing like a southeast asian tour yeah. So I was in, um, this was in January, yeah, Myanmar, Vietnam, Thailand. Um, yeah, I was going to say, let's just get into that. <laughs> so it's like what, in January you made plans to visit Myanmar, Thailand, and you said what, Vietnam? So what happens? You're making these plans for January 2020. How long are you planning to be in these countries? Mm. And then when do you first find out about like a coronavirus? At that point, this was mid-January, like it wasn't like a huge thing in Korea yet. Mm. Uh, it wasn't even in Korea at that point, I don't think. Um, so yeah, I went on this trip to Myanmar, Vietnam. Thailand was the last leg of my trip. And I remember it was like towards New Year. And back in those days, which was like... <laughs> back in those days. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Back in those days, it just, you know... I mean, a lot has changed in like a year. But back yeah. in those days, this virus was known as Wuhan coronavirus. And I remember <laughs> specifically, they had labeled it Wuhan coronavirus. So yeah, that was what we knew it as back then. And it was on the news and I saw... Is this in Korea? Like when you said no, it's no, on no, the this news? No, no, no. This was when I was in Thailand. Oh, and I okay. had read about it on the news. And I was in Bangkok. And Bangkok is like a really, really touristy area. So... Mm. I knew like a lot of people are traveling there and, and people weren't wearing masks back then. I remember buying <laughs> masks and just wearing it like in more public areas and yeah. especially at the airport. That was, yeah. But they had warned that, you know, that the virus had spread to some Asian countries and Thailand was on there. And when I went, re went back to Korea, it was, I think, beginning of February. I remember my colleagues asking me which countries I went to yeah. because they had want yeah they wanted to test people who were coming from China specifically. So they were only testing people who'd come directly from China. Yeah, or who had like traveled to China during that period. So they weren't really concerned with countries like Vietnam or Myanmar or Thailand at that mm. point. Yeah, so no, I wasn't tested. Um, and then actually before I went to Southeast Asia, I also wanted to visit South Africa a bit. So I had already booked my South African trip for February. Okay. Yeah, for February. <laughs> <laughs> and how long were you planning to stay in South Africa? It was just going to be like a, a, I think it was a two-week thing. Okay. I don't have that much holiday. I mean, yeah, yeah, I wasn't like, so I just wanted to, you know, see my family and friends. So what about your school? Were they at all concerned about you like having traveled around Southeast Asia and then now planning to go to South Africa? Like, was there any worry about, like, traveling? I think they were just concerned mainly at that point if you had visited China at any mm. point. Yeah. I think China was just the biggest deal breaker kind of thing. Yeah. And also at that point, I think the virus was still contained within, like, China and not sure if Korea had at that point, but it wasn't I mean, when I did the research, widespread. they said that 
the first case in South Korea was on the 20th of January. But I think at that point, yes. it was just like maybe uh, very few cases. Mm -mm -mm. They weren't like super concerned about that, as you know, and South Africa was yeah. just so far from Asia that they were just like, okay, as long yeah. as you're not going to China. <laughs> 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 yeah, so then I went to South Africa and I think the only checks they did was they took my temperature on the plane, like when I landed in Joburg. Uh, at Oh, yeah, they just took temperature to check and yeah, that was that was it. When did you get to South Africa? Was it like, do you remember when in Feb? It was like the first week of Feb, maybe like the end of the first week, I think around 8th okay. of February. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went to Joburg first and then Cape Town. And I remember over the next two weeks, like every week, <laughs> there were like new updates about the spread of COVID-19. Do you mean around the world or in Korea? At that point, I remember Korea was the second, had the second most cases in the world. Ooh. Yeah, it was like pretty high. How did that make up. you feel? Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I was as worried about it as my friends and family were. <laughs> were I mean, they, they were very concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they were, they were so concerned. They were just like, no, no, don't go back to like stay here, <laughs> stay in South Africa. Um, you know, we had discussions, we had phone calls. There was like serious debates about that. Why weren't you concerned? No, I, I, I was. I just didn't think that staying in South Africa was going to solve anything, <laughs> if that makes sense. It's kind of like yeah, yeah. I hadn't finished my contract yet. And mm. I don't know, I just didn't think that every country was kind of going to be safe from mm. this virus. Like, yeah. So did you already know then? Like, did you already... No. <laughs> like, no, I mean, as in, did you already have a sense that, like, even South Africa, it might just get you at some point? I mean, I, I couldn't have predicted that, I think. I think everyone was kind of surprised by that case, random case. But um, it wasn't... I don't think South Africa would have been immune to yeah. getting the virus. I don't know. It was a really strange time, actually. Yeah, it was a really strange yeah. time. It sounds like it, because I think that's what I'm also trying to figure out with this podcast is people just looking back to see what it was like, you know, because I can imagine how stressful it is. Like you're in South Africa, it's your home country, mm -hmm. but, you know, you left your job behind and, you know, you're supposed to go back. But how do you make the decision to go back knowing that at that point, South Korea seems to mm -hmm. be heading down the same route as China and South Africa at that point seems safe? And yeah. Things are changing so quickly. Mm. I, I remember why Korea had so many cases back then was because they specifically had an outbreak in the churches. And it's interesting because like Korea has lots of these like religious gatherings that kind of, they kind of defy a lot of the government announcements kind of things. Like they still want to have these gatherings, even if, you know, there's kind of, an implementation of uh, certain levels or whatever. Mm. So I remember that case that broke out was in Daegu and there were like thousands of people infected, which totally pushed up Korea's um, cases. Yeah. And it was specifically concentrated in that one location, you know, but obviously the numbers scared a lot of people around the world. Yeah. And at that point, Korea didn't put anyone under lockdown. It was, it was still a very free flowing situation, you know, and, Okay. I remember they were they were praised at some points about like the way they handled the cases and the 
coronavirus. But yeah, I mean, these days it's, you know, we're still in the 500 to 700 cases each day. But compared to other many other countries, we didn't implement any lockdowns here. There was no strict, like, you know, you can't, the curfews or whatever. Really? It was very free-flowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we still accepted people from different countries. I'm except for now with the variant cases, like uh, I think South Africa. I think the ban on South African travelers was recently lifted. And also, Wait, there was a ban on South African travelers? Yeah, I mean, there was never a ban except until this variant thing came up. and then Yeah, but that's was, what I mean. Like, like, was there a ban recently? Yeah, yeah recently. The and then passed. Yeah, I think on South African and UK travelers. Whoa. Maybe like for a month or so, but I think it's been lifted now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going back to the time when you were in South Africa. So this is like around Feb and you're supposed to be only here for what, two weeks? How yes. long did you end up staying in South Africa? Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually supposed to be in Cape Town for maybe two weeks and then um, wanted to visit my parents in the castle for a week before okay. I came back to Korea. But then, um, you know, the cases in Korea were increasing like crazy every single day. Mm. And I ended up pushing back my stay in Cape Town for a bit. Actually, for a long bit. It was maybe like <laughs> another two weeks. So I think wow. I, in total, I think I ended up staying in South Africa like maybe two to three weeks longer than intended. And I had to buy a whole flight back to Korea. So you already had a flight booked, but then because you kept extending your stay, you had to like rebook your flight Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I kept, um, I kept rebooking and thinking I was gonna leave, but then I would rebook <laughs> again, and then I ran out of the, the, you know, it's not that flexible. It's kind of yeah. flexible, but <laughs> yeah. So I ended up, yeah, rebooking an entire flight. Um, Goodness, wasn't that costly? Sticking with that, like just staying yeah, that, that in was. Cape Town for that long and then having to book a whole new flight, like yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> Looking back at it, it was, but I think it was also very strange times and just. Like, we couldn't have predicted anything that was going to happen. And mm. you kind of have to just, like, roll with the punches, you know? Like, yeah. Pretty crazy. <laughs> and then, but, yeah. like, you, your school was still paying you, though, right? Because you still... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not it's like a, you were out of an income. No, it's a public school, so they do pay you for your time off. Um, okay. And I remember the day I had to leave Cape Town... I remember this date. I think it was the yeah the seventh of March. Yeah, I remember the day before uh, South Africa got the first case. Yeah, like the yeah. KZN I think it was, yeah, in KZN. Case. I think it was like the fifth yeah, yeah, yeah. of March is when it was like when they officially announced it. Like fifth of March it was like we had our first case. Right. Yeah. So it was like this. Yeah, it was... How did that feel? So it's like your family and friends are busy like stressing you about going back to Korea because of yeah. this virus. And mm-hmm. then suddenly we have our first case. Like, how did that feel for you personally? But what did your family and friends say as well? Okay, there, there was like a lot going on. So it was me trying to come back and also then realizing that, you know, South Africa now has to deal with these cases that are coming up. Mm. And... Obviously, it was like a flip situation, like, you know, they were stressing about me, but now, you know, I still had a little bit of concern, like, going back, mm. because also I knew that, like, in many ways, South Africa is kind of like, I don't know how to say it exactly, but 
there's not as many resources, you know, as a country mm-hmm. like South Korea. Like South Korea has dealt with these things before. They had the most um, situation back in 2015, right? Yeah. Sure, they had like the most, the second most cases in the world at that point, but they had all these experiences to draw upon to jump into yeah. action to, you know, deal with the situation. Whereas, you know, South Africa has not really uh, experienced anything like this before. And South Korea is not like as unequal a society, like just yes. in terms of like hundred um, percent access to resources. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, people here, medical aid is it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg, and yeah. people are looked after. And whereas you know South Africa, it's so different. And so I think that was where my concern was more like you know what would happen to the people here, and mm. you know it's just. Yeah, and other countries like South Africa too. Yeah. So what made you finally say, okay, you know what, I'm leaving, I'm going back, I'm no longer changing my ticket? (laughs) That happened like half an hour or like an hour before I flew to Joburg. I was like... Wait, what? What do you mean? No, 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 no. No, no, no. I remember like, because I keep changing my ticket and I was having a discussion at my friend's house, I was staying by her, and then the night before... There was an incident that happened, so we also stayed up for that. And so we were dealing with that incident, which was quite, like, life-changing, and then also, like, this me-going-back situation. Do you want to speak about that incident? If you want to hear about it, I don't mind, yeah. Uh, So we went for dinner, and as we were coming back to her place, um, we got cornered by these two guys, Mm -hmm. and they basically pulled out a gun and held us up at gunpoint and they demanded just you know whatever we had on us and we didn't really have anything we just had like um, a doggy bag left, leftover food so but just so sorry. Uh, yeah it's, I, I guess it's weird when you think back on it because in that situation it feels kind of surreal you know yeah yeah that totally shook us up that evening and so we were dealing with that and, and also- you were supposed to fly out the next day Yes, I was supposed to go back to Joburg and I had to pack. So it was it was that. And then we we reported it to the police. Police came around. Jeez. And then yeah, and this was around like ten to midnight or something like that. And then and then we were kind of having a discussion about whether I should just because I still had like time to change my flight. <laughs> like after <laughs> like it was about three AM or four AM when I slept and then I was like I should, I'll sleep on it and I'll decide when I wake up, wow. which is like 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tina. I was like, oh, I know, it's, wow. I think, I don't know exactly know how much that incident affected, but yeah, I think I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to do it, just going to go back and, you know, I could always still come back to South Africa, you know, um, if I really wanted to. Yeah. But things changed. Like, we couldn't have predicted so many things that happened. Yeah. Really. And so you decided to fly out. Yes. And that trip was... um, That's what I'm interested in now. Like, what was it like now flying out of South Africa after, you know, all these many weeks of things changing so drastically? Like, did things look different like, did you notice any drastic changes between what it was like coming to South Africa versus leaving? Mm. Leaving, there were not really too many. I think the biggest thing was 
I remember asking because I was flying Qatar Airways、mm. and I had asked the lady if my flight was still happening. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, because I think. You know, because usually there's like this huge line, and you're like just waiting for hours.、Yeah. And I remember getting there, and you know there weren't many. There were people. I mean, it was still. It just was slightly less busy than usual.、Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't that noticeable? But I did ask the lady. I was like, "Oh, you know, is my flight still happening from here to Doha, Doha, and then Doha to Incheon, South Korea?" Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be,、um, but you know, things could change." Any、wow. minute or something like that. Yeah. So, so she told you like, that at the counter. No, she had to ask her superior. So I think、oh. was, I think it was during that time already that you know things were getting kind of uncertain even with the airways airlines in South Africa, which was surprising actually because the cases、oh. yeah that happened before is two days before, and getting to Doha, that was fun. There were no like, I don't remember any temperature checks or anything. Oh wait, there was. We had to fill in like those、um, medical forms, but a very extensive、mm. one, where、um, oh specifically like fever, COVID kind of related, going into Incheon,、um, South Korea. Okay. Yeah, that was that was quite extensive. You know, they had all these forms and、uh, I think a temperature check as well. But like flying into South Korea. Yes, before they let you in, but there was no、mm. there was no quarantine at that point. You know, no one had to quarantine.、Mm. People were still going in somewhat freely, but it was dead. Like、yeah. I remember going into Incheon Airport, and Incheon,、uh, you've been to Incheon Airport, right? I mean, yeah, it's like huge, and it's one of the busiest airports or biggest airports in Asia. Yeah, yeah. And I've been there a couple of times, but this was the first time I've ever I'd ever seen it so dead. It was like、wow. a ghost town. <laughs> I was picking, yeah. I was picking up my luggage at the carousel, and there was like one person, <laughs> or like, <laughs> like if you stand from the top looking down into that luggage area, you know,、yeah. there's usually like packed of people. There was like this one person <laughs> pushing along the luggage trolley, and I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? This is yeah. That was like that was a huge difference, like a huge kind of like a shock, but just、mm. like a realization that things are changing. Wow,、oh. mm. and then I think for me, like now, what I just want to know, like the final question: What is it like, you know, now, like just living in South Korea a year after we've experienced this pandemic? What is it like looking back and reflecting on the year that, like, was twenty twenty? Yeah, I think first of all, like people who are living in South Korea are very fortunate, like in our positions、mm-hmm. to be here and. The resources available to us and what the government has been trying to do, I think, you know, they really look after their people. And I think the people here have lived in the past year have lived quite、mm-hmm. a relatively compare in comparison with other countries, relatively normal life, you know.、Mm-hmm. Apart from obviously having to wear masks, but obviously you know in Asia, mask wearing is not uncommon. It's completely part of、yeah. everyday life, so it's not a huge like adjustment for these people. And just the fact that we weren't under strict lockdown like South Africa, you know, we didn't have、mm. these requirements to stay indoors the whole time. Or yeah, and there was no like policing. There was no 
yeah, it was just kind of normal life, but under, you know, with certain uh, adjustments, like sometimes like they, they would say cafes to close at 10 or cafes and restaurants to close at 10 p.m. We cannot gather with more than five people for private gatherings or anything like, you know, housewarming or restaurants. You can't have more than like four people at a table kind of thing. And so there were some restrictions. Yes, but it's things that, you know, that aren't this huge shock to your system that can be easily adjusted to, you know. And another thing here, what they do is like they keep track of people's um, whereabouts in terms of when you go to a restaurant or cafe, you always have to write down your details. So I don't know if they do that in South Africa, but. They do, but it's like paper based. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So we have that. And we also have a QR code where you have to log your. Yeah. um, details and yeah even at the schools here like temperature checks every single day and um we recently had like a COVID outbreak like in some schools nearby but they Uh they had to just stay at home for like two weeks or whatever and yeah so just I think the the speed at which they get to these cases is quite efficient um obviously there are like cases that you cannot track and that's a huge issue I think not just in Korea, but like everywhere where mm. it's difficult to pinpoint these things. And how are you doing now? Like, how are you overall? Just, you know, like, how are you? How am I? That's a good question. No, about life. <laughs> <laughs> no, but life, because I think I'm also just thinking about overall, you know, this year has been really a roller coaster of emotions for everyone. Mm. Um, for sure. So I'm just wondering, you know, it's 2021 now, it's April when we're recording this, the end of April, you know, it's like, how are you feeling? <laughs> I think it's, I think it's crazy how fast time flies <laughs> and how much and how little has happened in such a short space of time. Mm. Like it feels like a lot has happened, but also nothing has happened. And um, <laughs> I think this pandemic, like just also speaking to like my friends or other people about this, it just, it seems like, you know, apart from the fact that our physical lives are affected, like a huge thing coming out of this or trying to go into what they call a new normal is the emotional and the mental aspect, like mm. the kind of like the residue, like the after effects of all of this, you know, how does that affect your mindset going into what next? You know, because like there's no doubt there's so much you know, whether it's like remote working or festivals and that kind of stuff, mm. it just the way that will change, but also how will your mindset change? And I think we're all affected by that, like yeah. the way we think about things. Yeah, because, I mean, like when I see groups of people with more than, you know, like with like <laughs> a lot of people, I, I get freaked out, you know. It's like kind of like an, it's, it's so strange, you know, and yeah. we don't really think about that until we think about that randomly at some point and then it's like wow yeah it's it's the effects are really fast tina thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me for sharing like your stories and um your experience from last year yeah thank you it's really appreciated no worries Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. and Thank you for being my first yeah. guest. <laughs> no problem. I hope, I hope um, this kind of made sense in a way, like all of this 
and that everything goes well with the rest of your interviews. Thank you, Tina. Goodbye. Okay. Thanks so much, Lala. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. You can follow us on Instagram at COVID Stuck Abroad. On Facebook, you can search for CSA to like the page. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at COVIDstuckabroad at gmail.com. Please see show notes for the links. This episode of COVID Stuck Abroad was produced by Zola Zagid with funding from the National Arts Council's Presidential Employment Stimulus Program. The episodes were recorded at Solar Gold Studios.